Thanks for tuning in. This is episode number 107. I want to thank you for taking the time to join me on this episode. Uh, Those who have been along with me on this journey before, I welcome you back. Those, perhaps if this is your first time tuning in, I pray that uh, it's a blessing you find something rich um, in this uh, by the help of the Holy Spirit. And uh, just those listening all across the world, I welcome you. Um, It is, I, I just think it's so neat how... We may be a world apart, uh, yet still God can use the words that come out of my mouth from my heart um, through the inspiration of uh, the Holy Spirit to impact you where you are in your moment and time and, and location. It's it's just fascinating and uh, just what an honor and a blessing it is. So I pray that this um, ministers to you where you are. As I was preparing to uh, release a, a, a quick episode, uh, I was reviewing some some old notes, journaling that I've done um, in past days, and something ca- kind of stuck with me. Um, it was dated November 8th of 2021, and it's a passage out of the book of John, chapter 1, verses 12 through 13. Um I don't have, I have some notes here on it, but I don't really know exactly where I'm headed with it. So I'm just going to rely on the Lord to, to just kind of inspire in the moment. Um, I do want to read, though, the, the, a big brunt, I guess, of, of, of Scripture here, um, you know, 12 or 13, 14 verses, just to, well, the, the Word uh, is, is always useful. And even if all these episodes were just me reading scripture, um, it would be of untold benefit. So um, we'll do that, and I think we'll just, you know, as things come to heart, uh, we'll just kind of talk about it and uh, just see what God does. So the book of John, chapter 1, uh, verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, 
but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. So I just, I would ask that, um, Holy Spirit, you would open our hearts and our minds to receive the word, the uh, particular thing that you have in, in heart and mind for us today. Um, I pray that I hear clearly. I pray that the hearers hear clearly and that you would reveal to each and every one of us the exact thing that you would have for us. Uh, that it would minister to our specific needs, our specific questions, the longings of our heart, and that you would do that which only you can do. I ask this through the name of Jesus. Amen. One of the marvelous things about the book of John is, well, even here, especially in the beginning, just in these first you know, 10 or so verses. It's so rich of theology and maybe even more so than just theology. I mean, a, a person can study theology but not truly know God. So it goes beyond just the Word itself, uh, this, um, you know, the study of God. But I think that something very special about these verses that John the disciple gives us, he, he connects it so wonderfully with the book of Genesis. When you th- you know, if you think about that, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And so we see here John say, in the beginning was the word. Now, if we track down the verses... In verse 14, John then says, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. Now, so John eventually reveals to us, if you haven't discerned that through his verses, that the Word was Christ Jesus Himself. Now, I think something of immense importance is when John says in the beginning was the word. Notice though there that John doesn't say in the beginning became the word. There there is no beginning point. The word himself was in the beginning. So he predates time, just like God himself, the Father, exists outside of time. Um, I often go back to the book of Genesis and the creation, especially, you know, the first two chapters. I, I spend a lot of time revisiting these because they're so, there's every time I go through it, I discover something new. And so John, the disciple, 
careful that you don't think of this as John the Baptist. You know, this, those Johns do get, are easy to mix up. John the disciple or um, the apostle, or you, you may even recall him, John the beloved, the one who Jesus loved. Uh, he refers to himself in his book. So he tells us in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. Before the sentence ends, John is connecting this idea, this insight into the intimacy of the Word with God. And, I mean, we could, um, we could have conversations for untold hours and to discuss back and forth the the intricacies and the mystery of the the you know words are important and i try to really be careful with how i word things because words do matter and trying to ascribe language to something that is such beyond our uh our ceiling, if you will, uh, is is quite difficult. So I, I, I pray that the Lord helps me with this. But we could sit and discuss for untold hours the intricacies and the complicatedness of trying to reconcile this idea of individuality and also oneness of God and the Son. Now, perhaps there's something important that we can gain from John's description of the Son who is not yet incarnate or in flesh. In the beginning was the Word. It's fascinating to me that John calls him the word and and that that could be something worth just thinking on itself just that one reality why did john choose the word to identify the son before he became the incarnate the enfleshed one without going down this um, rabbit hole if you will too far it I have actually pondered on here recently this this idea of the oneness of God and the father and the son and the oneness and the individuality of it um I think that it is important to remember that in Scripture it tells us that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. That has such meat to it that we would do great uh, benefit 
for ourselves to seek and to search the depths of that statement. Um, again, it is uh, mind-blowing to, to think of Jesus the Son existing in his unique individuality yet simultaneous uh, oneness with the Father. And don't forget the Holy Spirit. Um, we see in the book of Genesis the and the Spirit hover hovering over the waters. So don't forget the Spirit's involvement even even in the beginning of of all things before time itself existed and day and night. Uh, so anyways, I'm, I'm already getting way off track here. But it's quite profound and quite mind-blowing at the same time. Now, where I really wanted to land is verses 12 and 13 to just touch on that a little. Um... Verse 12 says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he, we're talking about he, the word, or Jesus, gave the right to become children of God. So the verse right before in verse 10 says, He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, that, that there is also something of, of profound importance. The world was made through him. There might be something of also benefit to consider God. We, we read in Genesis that God said, let there be dot, dot, dot. And there was. God said it into existence is it fascinating to th to consider that Jesus himself is referred to by John as the word god said let there be light and there was light if jesus being referred to by john as the word Think about the implications of that in terms of creation itself because verse 10 said, and though the world was made through him. Now there's many implications that that can have um, of which that I couldn't even in just the heat of the moment attempt to try to put some language to, but... Um, if something is done through you, that could mean um, you as a conduit, perhaps you as a uh, a co-agent for. There's there's a lot of implications that that could mean, and so in in your own you know meditation and study, um, th think on some of that. The world being made through him, but I think it's interesting, and I think there's something to consider in the idea that when God said a thing, 
and there was that thing, God saying and Christ Jesus himself being called the word. You know, words come out of your mouth and God said something and that thing came into being. So um, I hope that you can, I hope that stirs you into this uh, curiosity or this um, propulsion into, oh, wow, that, that is fascinating to think of. And so I pray that sends you down a trail. But it tells us there in verse 11, he came, Christ Jesus, came to that which was his own, to his own people, but his own people did not receive him. Yet, to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name. Now, I think that verse is... Um, Yet to all who did receive him, and now here is an expansion of what that means. You may could even say a clarifying statement or perhaps a, a defining point of what John means by that. Yet to all who did receive him, John, what do you mean by receive him? Um, well, <laughs> reader, I mean to those who believed in his name. So when we th when we talk about um, receiving Christ as your savior, you know, we have some of these phrases that we go to quite often in um, in our evangelistic efforts. And and so I think John here gives us a little taste of what how to define some of that language. Uh, you know, I don't know if you've ever come across this, but when you have small children and they ask you about these types of questions, what does it mean to receive Jesus into your heart? And sometimes when we get hit with those questions, they can actually send us for kind of a, a little stumble because we think about, how do I describe that? What does that look like? What does that even mean? Sometimes we take these types of things for granted. And so it is useful to ponder on and maybe be prepared for these types of questions. What does it mean to receive him? And I think John gives us a taste of that here in this scripture. He's saying to those who believe in his name, well, think about salvation. What does it mean to be saved? That is to believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, was it Peter and or Paul who say that to um, the, the jailer? Um, I think it's Peter. Um, how might we be saved? And he says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. You shall be saved. So to receive Christ is to believe in his name. Now... This is where things can get a little, um, I guess we say maybe controversial because you, you ask a person, what does it mean to believe in Jesus? You, if you walk down the street and, you know, come across 10 different people and ask them, do you believe in Jesus? Well, they most likely 
eight or more out of ten would say, yes, I believe in Jesus. What does it mean to believe in Jesus? Now, I would love nothing more than Jesus himself to come and sit with me here in this room and teach me what does it mean to believe in him. And and I would sit here in in enraptured delight, taking notes in every every way that I can, um, trying to keep up with what he's trying to describe, what it means to believe in his name. And we have much in scripture that that details that, and we can put put that to rest. In, in but I simply put point this out because it is it is a a question that we need to address and we need to define. And if we were to ask many different individuals, we would get very differing answers, responses. Now they may, and hopefully, if they are in uh, connected to the truth, hopefully we would see an interweaving of responses that there's a thread, a continuous thread that passes through all of them, though our responses may differ slightly in how we define that. Language is complicated because it's how we get information from our our mind, our understanding, and and how we communicate that is, oh, it's a complicated thing. It's not as... as <laughs> as straightforward as we as we try to make it to be and we all think we have all the right answers and in reality we we're at best groping in the dark trying to to find our way to the doorknob of truth that is Jesus and so i pray that he enlightens us you and i with the reality of his truth um but we ask that question, what does it mean to believe in his name? I think of it just here in the moment with a um, kind of an example of to believe in a name. Um, if, if you have a, a law enforcement officer and they they come up to you and and inform you that they are so and so and they state their title and their authority and you have a moment in which you have to decide do you believe he is who he says he is if he is in fact an officer of the law then now there is an obligation that you must obey. Otherwise, if you fail to obey, there are consequences. So, if you believe in his name, then there has to be a response to that name. Now, the response is you either accept his name or you reject his name. And rejection of his name is a denial of who he is and an acceptance of, of, your, of yourself and you become a law unto yourself. You pursue 
the 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 desires of yourself and reject his uh, his place of authority. Um, it's actually interesting here because it says Jesus gave power to become children of God. That word is exousia in Greek, and other translations will use the word right, R-I-G-H-T. That's another definition of that Greek word. It's Jesus gave the right to become children of God. Um, it can mean power. It can mean authority. It can mean the right. It could mean liberty. So, but it communicates this idea of, of an ability and an empowered ability. So, when we believe in his name, we are coming to a place where we have accepted who he is, who he claims to be. And if we've accepted that, that puts us into a place of we are obligated then to, if he is who he says he is, then we are obligated to follow him because of who he is and who he says he is. So, to receive Christ is to believe in his name. And if you believe in his name, then a secondary consequence of that is obedience to the name. Jesus says elsewhere, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And that's, that's something we should greatly um, consider. <laughs> so at the end of that section there, verse 13, children not born or children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. This is something that I think that would be useful to consider. I think that this phrase has so much embedded in it to be born of God. That is a deeply profound thing to consider. When we are born again, we are born of God. What all is inside of that statement, to be born of God? To be born of Him not only presents us this, this understanding or idea that he is our father. But consider also the reality that he, to be born of someone, there is an image uh, likeness to. And, and the, really think about the sky's the limit in our, in our imagination to consider this idea how much like him we can be if you're born of him. To what degree can we be like him? And so, um, I guess I'll leave, I'll leave it with this. Um, so I, as you v revisit this text, 
some of these key points that I've brought to the surface, I, you know, I would challenge you and encourage you to to think on those, to chew on them, and see what it is that the Lord would reveal to you regarding these particularities, um, because it's it's something I think that's powerfully embedded within them, um, and so I just pray that that is useful to you, and that, that God stirs your heart and the Holy Spirit shares with you insights into this. Um, if this is helpful and you have a particular request that you'd like for me to review, um, in the show description notes, there's uh, contact info. You can email, uh, send me a message, um, the Bible study podcasts at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you if this has been an impact to you, uh, if you have particular questions or uh, you have requests about certain material that you'd like for me to to look over, to share, review, I would love to do so. Um, also on the description notes, there's some links to books that I have available. I don't speak about them a lot because I just don't like to uh, publicize myself much, but uh, th those are available and I believe they would be a blessing. So if you find yourself uh, looking for material to read, um, I'm excited about what God shared with me in those. I think they're all useful and beneficial. So those are available as well. Um, so I pray that this is a blessing. Um, and until the next time, we will see you. If it means God that bless. I'm close to you, I would trade a million lifetimes for a moment here.